Every sports story that matters, join for just $1 a month. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe to The Athletic now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash birds all day, you can receive an all-app access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash birds all day. Receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. We hope to see you there. What's going on? Greetings and good day. Welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, we are here talking about your playoff-bound Toronto Blue Jays. I don't want to give it the official like shoe in the month, but it's feeling pretty likely. Blue Jays are uh, are not only in a playoff position, but they have slid ahead ever so briefly of the dreaded New York Yankees, which uh, which you love to see. If there's one thing I do enjoy, it is uh, the downfall of the Yankees because it's just such a rare thing. To be witness to in any of our lifetimes, literally lifetimes, they're always good. It's garbage. At least the Red Sox have <laughs> the good sense to be bad at times and then come back and be really good again and then go back to being bad. The Yankees don't, they don't dither, they don't waste, they don't screw around like that. But this year, it's been a struggle. They're scoreboard watching and I love it. Uh, and there's no one whom, with whom I would rather watch the scoreboard. Anyway, he joins me as always. Uh, old reliable, old reliable, Mister Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm well. I've got a, I've got a ninety-one point four percent chance of being well. So <laughs> that means you have an eight point six percent chance of of just the worst pissing and moaning <laughs> that the world has ever known. I will say this though: I'm looking right now at the FanGraphs, uh, you know, playoff, uh, the projected odds. Uh, sure, ninety-one point four percent. It sounds good, but what, what what's important about that is also you know all three of the central teams that are making the playoffs are, are already at ninety-nine. Uh, you know, just a, a dull season for them. The the Rays are at one hundred somehow. Uh, <laughs> no chance of slippage there, I guess. Uh, but what's really the the important thing is that like the next team behind the Jays is uh, is is the Orioles at nine point one percent, and then the, you know it, it it just gets more pathetic from there. So, it's uh, so crazy that that a the Orioles who obviously were so bad and didn't do anything to really make the team better they 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 they've got some good performances they they have some good players uh, what's his name do, the, yeah. the catcher Chancisco uh, he looks like he's a thing um, but the Tigers were the other team that were always hanging around and the Tigers lost nineteen to nothing the other day <laughs> which in my mind will probably slide the old I mean that's hey that's how those things are calculated in terms of like run differential and run score versus runs allowed getting walloped by 19 um, will put a significant dent in the old playoff odds I think <laughs> I, the, I mean the playoff odds for the team that lost 114 games last year and like <laughs> picked first overall two of the last three like yeah they might they might not be ready it's, it's tough uh, to say. I it, think that that nineteen nothing loss is uh, really finally solidifying that for me. It, it allowed them to take the. It was an honor just being nominated <laughs> for one of the playoff positions that are given out to more than half of the teams in the American League. Uh, I'm excited about this week's show because not only uh, we're going to keep this kind of like Yankees uh, Shadford rolling 
We were lucky enough to speak with uh, uh, Bradford William Davis, who writes about the Mets and the Yankees and baseball as a whole for the New York Daily News. He's also one of the hosts of the Five and Dive podcast, uh, which is part of the Baseball Prospectus universe. He co-hosts with Craig Goldstein and Emma Bachelary, who's been on this show. So great to chat with Bradford uh, about all of those things. And uh, you know what? Why don't we? Why don't we go and do that? Talk to Bradford. We had a good chat. We ran the gamut. And then we'll come back and we'll talk more about your Toronto Blue Jays. We'll talk about what your Toronto Blue Jays are up to. We'll talk about the transactions made and not made. And we'll, uh, we'll look ahead to, uh, you know, not even scoreboard watching, but like magic numbering. We're almost in a magic number season, which is, uh, truly a magical place to be. So with that, talk to Bradford, come back with more on this edition of Birds All Day. All right. As we mentioned before, it is our pleasure at this time to be joined by Bradford William Davis. He covers the Mets. He covers the Yankees. And you hear him on the Five and Dive podcast uh, as part of the Baseball Prospectus podcast network. He covers those teams for the New York Daily News. We're so excited to have him on. Brad, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, it's it's the perfect time to have you because the Blue Jays just wrapped up the series with the Yankees, which was nothing if not interesting. And now they're looking ahead to a series with the, the Mets. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, uh, how do you find covering the Yankees when you know that your mentions are going to be full of tears? 24 hours a day, <laughs> seven days a week. Uh, there's a, just a, like kind of a rolling meltdown going on through the Yankees <laughs> fandom, um, and now out into the Yankees bullpen. Uh, you know, th- obviously they're they're still in a playoff position, but this is a team that won 103 games last year. Uh, what what do you feel like? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, well, the best thing to do is just to not discuss the Yankees on Twitter. Like, that's <laughs> never you know, a bad plan. Yeah, like so, you know, if I stay away from that, then uh, you know, I deal, I, I reduce uh, Twitter drama by like 70. percent um, and honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly here for, uh, jokes and riffs, you know, like, like, uh, I, I, my, my eyes fall out of my head. If I have to like, you know, uh, give you a play by play on something, you've probably seen the box score anyway. Um, I just, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm also not clever enough to, to, add, to annotate it properly, uh, in real time. But, but yeah, no, um, <laughs> you, you are among I, friends here, let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. I mean, um, you know, um, I think. I think the Yankees are good. <laughs> um, it's really hard to it's really hard to know what to believe in a sixty game season with all of the completely different sort of um, conditions of play this year. Um, you know, perhaps in a different season, you know, the Yankees make even a marginal upgrade trade upgrade. But then again, they didn't do that last year, so. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they, but they, you know, but they made an Edwin and Carnacion trade, right? Like that was something they, they did to, to try and boost the team, even though it wasn't a deadline deal. Like so, um, but uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's so weird. It's it's uh, it's sixty games, um, and I don't know what to believe, even even with what I see. However, what I do see is that um, is what everyone else says, which is that the team is extremely hurt. Um, you have like a bunch of All Star game MVP candidates, Cy Young, you know, <laughs> um, finalists all on the IL right now, as it was last year. And the difference is that they, they haven't been able to generate 830 OPSs out of thin air <laughs> to replace them. And, you know, and so all the, all of the uh, Mike Talkman types, you know, are just, just kind of like falling flat in the face right now. And that's just kind of, and that's why they're a 500 team. So uh, go Orioles. 
<laughs> in, in the in the first year after they've cracked down on uh, digital sign stealing, that is very that's oh, very oh oh, oh we got <laughs> it. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I, I, mean, I, feel, I was gonna say I feel like in a sixty game season, there's no time. Right. There's no time to catch your breath. There's no time to ride it out. And while a five and 15 stretch or whatever they had just experienced would be shocking at any time for the Yankees who have got such a, uh, who are just always good and it never ever ends. But the, the fact that it's that much more magnified in this short season. And then, like you said, they, there wasn't necessarily the room, the space, the interest in, uh, in upgrading because what, what, what are you going to upgrade when you're, when you're down, as you said, four all star MVP caliber players? There's, there's too many holes to fix and not enough fingers. Yeah. It's like, it's like, what is it, what does it mean anyway? If you're going to, if like, well, I mean, shoot, now we don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but you know, but at that point, like, you know, even with them, um, on a probability sense out of it from the, from the, uh, division crown, like they're going to make the playoffs. There's no such thing as home field advantage. They're all going to play a freaking bubble. Like, you know, it's not like you're, what are you playing for? You're just playing for, for health. And so if you think that there's nothing better than, than getting like, it's, it's usually I, I would, you know, break Brian Cash over to Colson's, but like, if you really don't think there's anything better than Aaron judge coming back soon, um, or, you know, or the, like, I, I, you know, uh, that that's worth again, like the cost and say, you know, um, prospect talent that could be helping you this year. Like for example, you know Garcia, who is mm-hmm. who who pitched an incredible game to uh, to keep the team you know in a playoff seat you know in a playoff seat like just just last night. Um, you know I I I, I, I do understand the rationale for this season, given that they're going to make the playoffs and it's you know and they just need to be fully themselves rather than you know than have eight great players you know unavailable. Yeah, I mean, as an as a number eight seed, you know, their teams are going to fear them in the playoffs, I guess, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was off. really, yeah, really. The only thing that you might prefer is, like, say, to not have to play, you know, the best, the best, like, you know, win loss record in you know in the American League on the first round, right? Like, that's really the only thing seeding gives advantage of. But we all know we watch, you know, we're all baseball fans, right? Like, it's not like the NBA where you can't win a series. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, like it happens all the time. Um, you know, uh, we saw this 06 St. Louis Cardinals be basically a 500 team and then just smack around, you know, the Mets and the, uh, you know, uh, the Tigers, all that, you know, to, to win the World Series. They had, they had like two good players, like two actually good players. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't matter <laughs> because Jeff Lieber decided to inhabit the spirit of Chris Carpenter <laughs> and, you know, and ball out for a month. So like, who cares? Well, we've talked on this podcast uh, selfishly and self-interestedly about the Blue Jays maybe being the kind of team that you don't want to play in, the, in a short season. But truly, if uh, the Yankees are even like half healthy, that is a team. If if your reward for being the best team in the American League is playing the Yankees <laughs> in a three-game series, because, you know, say, you know, Davey Garcia continues to, to pitch really well and, and Jay Happ has looked better. And if if uh, Tanaka figures it out, if James Paxton is able to be healthy, suddenly that's a team you want nothing to do with. Uh, at yeah. all and with if with when when uh, Gleyber Torres is back and and even if Gary Sanchez remembers that the bat hits the ball that's the whole uh, object of the game uh that's a team that no one would want anything to do with in a three-game series right I, absolutely I mean and you know like I think I think the Yankees you know I think that the Yankees pitching is like silently underrated especially in the you know in the postseason 
Um, at least the starting pitching. I mean, the bullpen might be totally running on fumes now, for all I know, like because he had to pitch so much. But um, but you know, um, if like you know, Cole is still throwing ninety nine. He hasn't his, his command has not been perfect, but like you know, but he looks fine. Like like just like on a stuff level, right? Um, so uh, you know, and and he's you know, and last year he started off like slowish with like a four year A, and then he you know, you know, scorched the earth, right? Um, Tanaka has been has been very good this year. And um and has been a historically great playoff pitcher, um and then you know basically what you need is one of like eight other pitchers to be like okay, and then you have your your front three you know it's like Hap Garcia, um Paxton, Montgomery, uh she I'll go Mike King you know Mike King in the mix there you know like um who's who I think has shown some really interesting you know stuff in pitchability you know like I don't know I, I I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not too phased about that. And then, uh, you know, and then, and then, uh, well, Lysaga is on the IL for undisclosed reasons. They say it's not coronavirus, but you know, but then, um, so I don't. But it's probably coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, they, they actually did make a make a point of saying it's not it's not COVID nineteen, but like, um, but why should you believe anything the Yankees ever say about injuries? Frankly, because mm. <laughs> look what happens. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge is you know, feeling like a little sore and then like, you know, his bones are disintegrated. <laughs> like in the IL, disintegrated bones, you know, like that's uh, osteoporosis. <laughs> you know, with uh you know in uh who's who's the uh, the old actress no now all the way uh, uh Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Like, you know, with the Activia <laughs> yogurt. That's Aaron Judge probably, right? Like so who knows? <laughs> um who, who, you know who really knows? Um but I know, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not Ter- for their sakes, I'm not terribly worried, assuming that the guys that they need come back. That that is the thing that I think Blue Jays fans and probably every fan and every fan base is like, oh man, my team is just completely you know, doesn't not upfront about injuries at all ever, and it's like, oh right, it's it's all over the place. It's everyone. I was having a conversation with someone about. You know, people talk about Charlie Montoyo this year and some of the strange decisions that he's made with uh, giving guys quick hooks and uh, and all sorts of all sorts of sort of you know I would politely call unorthodox decisions. Uh, but you see it everywhere. I've seen you know a lot of complaints. I mean, even though yes, it is a twenty four seven just storm storm of a meltdown on Yankee Twitter. But you know, uh, uh, Boone has, gets a lot of the same sort of criticisms about you know. Oh God. Some of the stuff I've seen, amazing. Just amazing stuff. He's too weak. Aaron Boone is too weak (laughs) to manage his team. He needs to get in there and whip him into shape. Well... I think that the point is, is, is a well-made one, which is to say the pitching, the pitching is there. And especially if it's a three game series, if you're Oakland or Minnesota or Chicago, whoever they may, or even the, I don't know if they can face the Rays, but like you don't want anything to do with that Yankees team. You want nothing to do with it. But in the meantime, before we get to that part where they're the, some kind of like lurking giant, nobody believed in us right now, it's uh, pride, power, pinstripes. And scoreboard watching the Orioles and Mariners. That's, that's really, I think it's important to kind of like level them a little bit like that. Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. Plus, for a limited time when you order the perfect package kit, you get two free gifts 
the shed travel bag, and the manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs. Anti-chafing cooling boxer briefs might be one of my favorite parts of the collection. The manscaped boxer briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. You really, you got to try this out for yourself. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. As I said, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Free shipping, 20% off. Can't go wrong. Manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20, all one word, from the moose to the caboose. Always use the right tools for the job. Now, let's talk about the Mets. So the Mets, I think, were kind of like similar to the Blue Jays. Um, in that, like, that's a team you can be like, yeah, they're pretty good. They got, they got some stuff going for them. You can see them in the playoff mix. And yeah, here they are. Um, not really in the playoff mix. Uh, inj- again, another team that's kind of gone through some injuries. Uh, uh where do you, well, injuries and, and then, uh, and other instances in which they're missing key players, uh, which we'll get to. But, but I, I don't know. What, what's you, what do you feel about the Mets? I mean, they looked like they were even trying to make a few moves. They reacquired Todd Fraser, whatever. Uh, are they, are they going to, run in at the last minute and like qualify and sneak into the playoffs? Well, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a shame because the Mets have a really, really good lineup. Like, like sneakily great lineup, you know, um, they've had, uh, and, and they, and that's coming with like relatively, you know, for McNeil relatively down year until, you know, recent days actually we started picking up again. Um, Alonzo being also, again, picking up recently, but, 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 uh, had slumped out the gate. Um, uh, but still, but both of them still like solidly above average, you know, um, offensive lines anyway. Uh, but yeah, man, like Dom broke out this year. Like he was, he was good last year, but he like, you know, he's really been specialist this season. Cano is basically hitting the way he has always hit, except for, you know, <laughs> that one year of the Mets. Um, <laughs> everyone has a one year of the Mets, right? Or <laughs> where they don't play like the normal, but, but Cano, but Cano has, you know, found his stroke again and he's been outstanding, you know, like as a, uh, offensively, um, they, you know, Conforto's having a career year so far. Um, Nimmo, you know, Nimmo is like, you know, the, I don't know, uh, where is he from? Is he from like a, He's, he's from, from Wyoming or something like that. Wyoming, like yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I'm not, sh- you know, I'm I'm asking Canadians, right? But like, I'm not sure if that's like the Midwest or the <laughs> Pacific Northwest. I don't know what they count. It's the great for. Plains, my guy. Like, it's not the Great, great Plains. The, the Plains, sure, sure, whatever, right? <laughs> um, but you know, the Greek, the the the, the uh, like like he's the he's the the Plains god of walks, you know, to <laughs> rip on Euclid, right? Like you know, but he, but you know, really, he's got a, a fantastic batting eye, which is why he leads off, you know, every game. Um, they they have uh you know they they are very special one the way the only thing they have a real issue with, with you know on their lineup is catching um which is why they uh acquired uh Robinson Chirinos you know um Tomas Nito has actually been very good this year but he had coronavirus so he's like recovering and everything and, um and uh yeah so that's like that's really special unfortunately everything besides Jake the Grom is just like you know oof. um. <laughs> you know, uh, particularly, particularly in a rotation and that's falls entirely on management because I mean, you know, uh, Syndergaard, of course, injury, but, um, but the big thing was really choosing to go with, uh, Michael Waka and, um, 
What's his name? Um, yes, twenty sixteen American League Cy Young winner Rick Porcello. You know, <laughs> like the way the way the Mets work is that they like look at that one the, the one bit of like black ink or award you had in like you know like six years ago, and they'll be like, oh yeah, like <laughs> that's our guy. That's what you know, and we don't, and and he and he only wants one million dollars instead of you know twenty six or something. <laughs> like sure, let's 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 uh, sign him instead of. Zach Wheeler, who we know is like a good player um, and has been great, you know, um, with the Phillies so far. Um, but like choosing that, choosing those two and saying that we had the deep presentation in baseball um, was, you know, a, an absurd flex, but like a failed one, like immediately, <laughs> like the moment, moment it came out of Brady Van Wagenen's mouth. Um, that both those pitchers have been mediocre or bad or hurt um, f- throughout most of the last, like, you know, five years or so, or three years, let's say, you know, and, um, and which, by the way, you know, bargain bin scrap heaps. Um, they did not, they, they don't, they did not have a lot of high end um, prospect death besides David Peterson, who they've been, they've jerked around for rotation to pen. Um, and I won't call him high end Peterson, but he, but he has been, but he does look to be, look the part of a mid rotation kind of like, you know, starting three, four. Um, so, which is, which is, you know, obviously a big win for them, you know, developmentally and organizationally, but like, um, yeah, they, they did not have the juice to, um, you know, where if anything went wrong this year, like they were going to be exposed and, <laughs> you know, be, believe it or not, things went wrong this year. Like, again, like societally, globally, um, but specifically, you know, which, which appeared in the Mets with Marcus Stroman opting out and of course, Noah Syndergaard getting Tommy John. So, um, so yes, I mean, the, one of the, one of the things they mentioned recently was that the ground was going to pitch every fifth day rather than every fifth slot in the rotation. Um, which I, you know, I think is obviously a move absolutely worth making right now, given you know um, where they are, you know, um, in the standings and, and you know what their what their rest of the pitching is like. But uh, and but he got started, he's got his money too, so it's not like he's needs to be worried about getting paid down the line. Like right, right, he's, paid, honestly, he's taken care of, right? So let if if he wants to do it, then yeah, let him go, right? And a competitor like him, man, like I'm sure, like you know, he wants his dirt straight Cy Young award, yo. Like you know, give him a chance to win six games <laughs> this season, you know, yeah, like rather yeah. than, rather than, you know, go two and five or whatever, or, you know, two and three or something like that. With a one um, ERA. <laughs> yeah. With a one, with a one year and lose to, to Trevor Bauer, you Darvish or, you know, whoever uh, else uh, goes up in the mix. So oh. like uh, good for, you know, so yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's good. And then the pen still has issues. It's actually a lot better than last year, the Mets pen. Um, on like the ERA level, but like you watch, you watch them, you don't trust them. Like you know, they they walk. Walk. I was looking at the numbers now. They're everybody just walking the world, like, and then Edmund Diaz, who they paid such a great price to get, giving up. You know, you talk about prospect cap, uh, capital. They lost in yeah. that trade with the Mariners. Yeah, uh, he's been good, except when he hasn't been. Right, like well, like it's yeah, 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 yeah. And he's been again a lot better than last year. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm happy for him though to see to see him pitching much closer to his potential, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, and, you know, I, I thought that he would take a step forward because I think a lot of what happened last year was, like, frankly, the, the ball being different in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. Like, his slider was just gone, you know, at times. It was just it was, did not have, like, the two-plane break that you saw in Seattle. And, and you know, and, and that was true. A lot of, you know, a lot of pitchers complaining about grips and stuff. Tanaka had that issue with the splitter. Like, he had to, he had to change his grip midseason um, because it just, wasn't, it just stopped working. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, so I, I think that's part of it, but at the same time, he's blown four or six save opportunities. Um, yeah. Was, yeah. And so like, 
I, I don't, you know, I think there's a, you know, he's, he's again, he's, be, he's better, but a lot of the, you know, but like Chase and Shreve is like their most reliable relief arm. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's not cool. Well, and they also, they, they've got Seth Lugo out of the bullpen and, and in the rotation now is what? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had to, right. Like, you know, and Lugo was outstanding last year for the Mets in yeah. relief. You know, he was a really, really good, like relief face type, you know, set up man slash closer when, you know, the, the DS thing just they pull the plug on it. Right. Like, so, um, you know, he's, you know, but like, but they, but they don't get to use him and his best role for the team, assuming like good health from the other guys, you know, like, so that's a, so it's so having to jerk him around, having to jerk, you know, um, Peterson around, as we mentioned, um, rotation of bullpen, the math rotation, he was awful. Well, you know, I, and I mean, perhaps because he's a rookie, he got jerk between the rotation and bullpen. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's pure speculation, but like, I, I would rather, you know, I, I would generally speaking rather, you know, let someone cook in the position that where they're succeeding in um, rather than, you know, moving to the pen, especially when you have no other good rotation options. You know, like, oh, I just didn't understand that. But, um, but yeah, that's the, uh, you know, that's the mess situation, man. Like if they, if they were able to, uh, you know, if Todd Frazier could pitch, like, that'd be great. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And you know what, who's to say, man, who's, you know, let's not put any limits in the Todd father here. <laughs> but like, you know, um, did you know, I don't know if you knew this or not. Uh, he's from New Jersey. Where, where in New Jersey? <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> oh, y'all, Canadians, damn it. Um, I, I, butchered, I butchered the bit. I butchered the bit. I introduced yeah. it. And I, but I just, that's always the thing, right? Everyone's always well, you, you, saw, you saw a town called Tom River. That's, part, that's certainly part of the meme. Um, oh, okay. Tom, and the Tom River Little League team won the mm, 98 the, Little League World Series. Right. You know, he very famously is like standing next to Derek Jeter as like a, you know, 12-year-old or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he's got, uh, he's got, you know, deep suburban... NYC, <laughs> I guess. I, I know he's he's the, he fits the vibe. He fits the yeah. vibe with a lot oh, of the fans in the oh, stands. He, he's so Jersey, man! Oh my gosh, it's wild. I love it, but it's so funny. <laughs> uh, uh, not from Jersey, but from Long Island. Of course, there's a player that you talked about, which Marcus Stroman, who who opted out of the season um, after he. Uh, uh, was on the disabled list, and the, obviously there's been some speculation. We can't say these things out loud, whether or not he waited to accrue the service time required to reach free agency. Who can ever say that that's what he did? But I, I, I wonder what 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 your what your perspective on Stroman is. Obviously, uh, as Stoughton and I mentioned off the air, uh, we have a great affection for for him as a, as a player and as a pitcher and as a as a, someone to be around the uh, be around the team. He really embraced being in Toronto, embraced being in Canada. Um, uh, uh, obviously a blow for the Mets chances. Uh, but again, he's got to do what he's got to do. So we, we respect that. Uh, what, what was the feeling around Stroman and, and around, uh, how we play, maybe played last year, pitched last year. And then, uh, do you think he might be a fit back with the Mets as a free agent at the end of the year? Yeah, or, um, or just, or just what does his free agent market even look yeah, like? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it's probably very good. Uh, you know, like, you know, he, he, he was by all accounts ready to play, you know, like, um, he, but he got injured, you mm-hmm. know, right before the season started. And that's, you know, you get injured, you're injured, you're injured. Right. And, um, and then, you know, and then guess what happened? MLB, you know, proved what many people were concerned about was that they, you know, weren't not able, they, their protocols are not adequately, um, were not adequately set up to prevent, you know, coronavirus outbreaks. And so Marcus Stroman, a, you know, a man of, at the very least average intelligence, you know, like was able to, to see what Rob Manfred could not. <laughs> and it's all like, you know, the Marlins go down the Cardinals and then, you know, 
individual players and you know or, or small batches of players around around the league you know both in summer camp and then the court but especially in the regular season um like uh you know go down with 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 uh with COVID-19 um and and knowing some of the you know the the uh potential of long-term you know effects that you know that there's a high percentage of people um who have heart conditions you know like I, I've heard every, stats for everything from like one in three to one in five in different studies. You know, um, we know one player who did. You know that in, you know Eduardo Rodriguez of the Red Sox who came off a, uh, a nineteen win season where he was like their best starter. You know, from from start to finish, and now you know and he was shut down all year because his heart doesn't work right right now. Like um, you're going into free agency with that, like, and you have no, and you don't have any trust in, in you know. I mean, he didn't say that he didn't have trust, but like you know, but he, but he did say that he was concerned, you know, seeing some of the stuff happening around the league. Um, but, you know, but, but losing, losing faith in the assurance that you were not going to get sick as a result of playing baseball this year. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I think it's, I think that's completely valid. And, but then of course, I think as, as a, again, a savvy person, right? Like, you know, I, I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive, you know, like you could like, want to avoid that and also um, be, you know, be, wise enough to manipulate it, you know, manipulate it towards, you know, the most productive end for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, so accumulating that service time, um, making sure that you hit free agency, um, you know, not losing a year of your prime, um, on the Mets, of <laughs> like, you know, and being, and being, and, and also being in a very weak pitching market, you know, as well. Um, you know, that I think is a worthwhile calculation. Now, granted, we know that teams have, um, are crying poor this year about like not having fans and having less games and all that. So there are some rumblings that there's going to be a lot of uh, cutbacks around the league. So maybe, so perhaps, so, you know, and, and we've already seen like the, the recent, you know, overall trend of like, you know, of less spending relative to the amount of money in baseball on players. Um, you know, it's just not, the, re- the revenue is just not being shared in the way mm-hmm. that it was 20 years ago. So like, you know, so that was already happening. Um, plus, you know, this possible strike that could come in a year, you know, they almost basically did it <laughs> this year. Shoot. Um, and then, um, like, uh, and then what else? And, and then, you know, and, and so perhaps, so perhaps that depresses his market a little bit, um, on that level, because, you know, you know, not, not out of a, um, lack of confidence in his ability to pitch, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, but more of the, of just kind of like rates going down overall. But I guess what's, what Stroman hopes though, is that seeing that, the free agency market is weak. You know, it's uh free and free agent market period is just like, you know, not especially good great this year. Right. Like uh, Bauer is the best starter and he, he, he is having a great year. Um, but like, you know, is Stroman second best. I mean, I, 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 I think, I think, I think there's a case for that, you know, um, you know, Marcus Simeon, you know, was supposed to be the best position player and he's been, you know, bad this year. Um, like, you know, I, I, I think this, assuming people spend close to normal, like I think he could, you know, he could see himself, you know, making like, you know, in the low 100s, you know? Yeah, for sure. So totally out, 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 the, out of the question. I've had this question, this conversation a few times when I, where I think if you line him up against Zach Wheeler, they look like they're similarly productive pitchers in my mind. But somebody else, uh, it might have been RJ Anderson, actually, who we've had on this show. He said uh, that when you look at the way that Marcus Stroman is productive in terms of being a more of a ground ball guy, not as much of a swing and miss guy as, as for someone like Wheeler, like the league just doesn't pay for that stuff. So 
yeah. it's really it's really interesting to see. I, I think it's a really interesting case. And and again, Strowman's nothing if not an interesting an interesting guy. So right. again, like I think savvy is the word that you is definitely the word that you used. And I would say that that is uh that is the right one to use for Marcus Strowman. There's nothing he's, yeah. he does that's not been considered. And, and and one note on Strowman is that I do think that he was trying to miss bats more a little bit when he came mm. to the Mets. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that the team did was they uh like they overhauled their pitching like you know their their uh, major league pitching you know st- coaching um in midseason mm-hmm. like they uh they and one of the moves they made was they hired Jeremy Accardo um actually as their like <laughs> uh pitching analytics or assistant pitching or something like that you know and so he like you know basically this hybrid of nerd and jock um helping you know <laughs> I guess everything. Jeremy Accardo. Uh, you know, I, I would actually love that's crazy. That's it, crazy. It, this, yeah, no, right. You know, um, there's a, I think with the guy we started doing this pod or what the drunk Jason, like, I think, I think, I think it was a card. I think the, I think Jeremy Accardo stole my friend's girlfriend in like, in like 2004. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like used to do this pod. It was something stupid. We've like been doing this. this for a long time. It would seem. Yeah, that's very funny. Um, but yeah, uh, no, what, what about Cardo? Um, but like, I, I know I would love to interview him, of course, but of course they're like, you interview like, Two people a day now because it's all mm. on Zoom and, and it's all controlled by Mets relations. I I I, point, I told Mets relations like please like put him on. I would like to talk to him. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you could hear from an analytics girl. You know, like mm. like about um how he's adapting. You know, pitching strategies for 21st century. But mm. you know, they haven't yet to my memory. Um, but Accardo, yeah, but it, you know, but like he just started like like he he was you know he was he was missing a lot more bats. You know, in weights he wasn't. Pitching markedly better, you know, than he was in Toronto. Um, in fact, he was pitching a little worse, but like, but there seemed, you know, but there seemed to be some change in his own strategy. Um, and you know, and, and he, and no, he always kind of, he always bigs himself up, you know, um, like whenever you ask him directly about himself, like you know, but but he did say that he was trying to strike out, you know, guys, like you know, that was something that he, you know, that he thinks that he wants to just continue to grow in. So, um, yeah, so, you know, a, a, a grain of salt, a grain of salt, but 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 I think it's possible that that the Marcus Stroman uh, that the next team ha- you know he has with like you know could have a different kind of pitcher. Uh, and then to answer your question about the Mets, um, it really depends on when this Cohen tra- transaction goes through. Yeah, because <laughs> the Wilpons will not spend um, that money. They you know they, I, I think I think if uh, again I think a normal team might have even tried to like extend him you know right there, like you know um, if they were planning on you know winning and. You know, like like if you know if they if they were trying to lengthen, I guess what they saw was a window of contention. You know, like they might have just done that right there, but like they didn't. And they, you know, they uh, they, I, I never, I haven't heard any discussion about like a contract extension at all for Strowman. So maybe if you I, were the I, team that drafted him and you had a young core coming into place, you'd want to extend him and have him around. Uh, honestly, kind of anchor that would, make, would make a lot of sense. I mean, it it would be kind of it would be in a way. A little similar, similar to the um, Ryu signing, in my opinion, in that they getting yeah. a guy who's a more of a pitchability dude than uh, than a pure, you know, swing and a miss, you know, guy. Um, and mm-hmm. tr- but tr- trusting, trusting that he knows how to pitch and the and the, the defense will catch, you know, <laughs> what we you know what whatever gets hit out there. Um, and using that as a way of anchoring the team around again the uh, the Pearson types, 
you know, who mm. might be starting game one as soon as next year, you know? Here's open. So we've taken way too much of your time already. I don't want to take too much more, but you did mention something about the Zoom calls. And it is, uh, we've had Roberto Clemente Day here in, uh, in and around baseball. The Pirates, the first time in, I think, what is it, 45 years, somebody wore number 21. Uh, lots of different players uh, and managers uh, wearing number 21. And you mentioned uh, that you were talking with Charlie Montoyo about this very, about this very topic. I'd love to know uh, how that conversation went. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, unfortunately it was my first, you know, time just talking to him. Cause I, mm-hmm. I, I, for, for those listening, I, um, I just started doing, you know, sports writing for a publication, you know, with, I guess, you know, I guess credential access to say, right. This last summer. So, um, so, so, you know, so I'm, I'm still, I'm very much still learning my way around the league and, and the many people in it. Um, so, uh, but I had a very, you know, very pleasant conversation with him about like, you know, uh, as a, as a, you know, Puerto Rican man, like, you know, what Clemente meant to him. Um, but one of the things I'm particularly interested in is sort of seeing, you know, I guess, um, opportunities for solidarity among, um, you know, uh, Latino athletes with the African-American, you know, the black American, um, black North America, let's say, you know, continental black community, um, uh, uh, during this sort of like current era of uh, activism, protest statements about, you know, anti-black racism and violence against, you know, black folks here. Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that unfortunately has not been always been true, even though many Latino players are in fact black, you know, um, some don't identify as such. They, they, I, I would hope that they would, but like, you know, but they are very much products of the diaspora, you know? Um, and like, and so uh, I, I'm really curious, interested to hear where, you know, um, where Latino players and coaches and whatever, you know, see themselves in this current moment. And one thing that really stood out to me was, um, you know, what Montoya was saying, something I think, in, you know, in defense and support of Anthony Alford um, when, uh, when Alfred, uh, you know, chose to believe, I believe, take a knee, you know, on, on opening weekend. Um, and he was wearing, you know, and, and Montoya was wearing, you know, the league issue Black Lives Matter, you know, t-shirt, but he was like, you know, I'm doing this for Anthony, you know, he said something to that effect. So, so I just asked him, like, you know, like, like, what, what do you think Latino athletes can do more? And, you know, where have you learned stuff? And one of the things he mentioned was that his, like, his closest friend in baseball was, um, uh, man, name, name escapes me, but actually a former Met, um, uh, and a black man, um, who, uh, was the best, I think it's, I think it's Steve Henderson. Yes. Um, and, but, you know, you know Henderson played in the, in the Mets, from the, from the Mets in the seventies and, you know, and, uh, like, uh, he was a, uh, you know, and so he's, he's a, been, been a very good friend, you know, to Montoya and they, uh, you know, and was his best man in, in his wedding even. And so, um, you know, that was, uh, like really, uh, that was really cool to hear, you know, him, um, share, share a little bit, just a little, a little bit. We couldn't get too into it again. Again, it's a zoom call, yeah. like, you know, about, about everything, but, you know, but that, but that he has had really good, he, he says he's had really good conversations with, you know, black people in baseball about some of the things that they go through while being able to share some of the things that are unique to the Latino struggle and, and you know, and, and also discrimination that, that, that they face, you know, that it can be distinct. Um, you know, things like, though we didn't mention this, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, but, but I'm sure people may aware, like, you know, not, not, um, not speaking the language as fluently as someone, you know, born, born in the, you know, 50 states, um, and, you know, and being criticized by the media or not being able to express nuanced points about things that matter to you, like, and, you know, and all the stuff that comes with that, which is what Clancy dealt with. And so I it was, you know, it was, um, it was, it was enlightening to hear again, again, good to hear someone, you know, who, who, 
appears to really want to be at least, you know, part of making things a little better for, you know, for um, black athletes and, and, and using, and, you know, and, 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 and even, you know, and as a, you know, fellow minority of sorts, you know, like, like to, to, to lend his support where he can, you know, uh, to this current moment. So I, I, you know, it was, it was nice. And he seems like a, a good egg, you know, but. He seems like a good egg. You sound like you are uh, echoing just about everyone who's crossed paths with Charlie Montoya in the last couple of years. Everyone uh, who who deals with him has nothing but positive things to say about him. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the fans uh, could maybe take a cue from that at times uh, because there are some head scratchers on the field. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you just hope that you're dealing with good people everywhere you can. I feel like I've been dealing with a good person. We thank you so much. Uh, uh, for taking the time to chat with us about the Mets, about the Yankees, uh, too much time. We, you, 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 this is you need to have your Thursday night back. Uh, let the people know where they can find you, where they can find uh, Five and Dive, and they can find your writing as well. All right, thank you guys. Um, yeah, so um, I, I'm I cover, like I said, Yankees, Mets, you know, a lot of national stuff as well with uh, Major League Baseball reporter and columnist uh, for the for uh, the New York Daily News and that. So you go in the New York Daily News sports page, you'll see me pretty often there. Um, I, uh, you know, uh, my, I said, I'm, I'm, I host the five and dive podcast with baseball perspectives, the famous nerd site, uh, with Craig uh, Goldstein and, uh, Emma Batchelary. Um, and, um, that's, uh, you know, we, we record twice a week and then, um, like, uh, you could just find me tweeting nonsense, <laughs> um, at, uh, at the worst handle ever at underscore B E E W I L L Y B Willie. Cause my name is Brad William Davis. So again, it's the worst <laughs> handle ever. It's, you know, um, that's why I haven't gone viral yet. <laughs> but, um, but you know, but, uh, but yeah, uh, at underscore B E W I L L Y on Twitter and IG. Um, maybe I'll open up a Twitch. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll stream this. We'll stream this moving forward. Uh, uh, Bradford, thanks you so much. Uh, again, really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, and we'll hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. We'll be back with more Birds All Day. But first, let's pause for a moment. And then we'll get back to the rest of the show. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If the medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash Toronto and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Get Go to GetRoman.com slash Toronto today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Toronto. Thanks a lot again to Bradford Davis for taking the time to chat with us. Great chat. Really, really thorough. Like I said, we we, we chatted about a lot. Uh, make sure you check him out and check out the podcast and, and his writing. Uh, we got a lot of Blue Jay stuff to talk about, too. Uh, 
one of the things that this, these two things are sort of related. This is an interesting question that I don't know that we would have necessarily expected to, to maybe field at the beginning of the season or whenever the beginning of the season was really supposed to be. Uh, Tanner Roark was in the news a little bit this week. Also, it may be uh, related to the fact that Bradford's podcast is called uh, Five and Dive. And that is, A, what, Bra- what Tanner Roark has been absolutely as a member of the Blue Jays, much to his chagrin. As Roark came around, and I believe he called it like a horse cocky or something like that, or baloney, that he go, was getting the hook after just twice through the order, not allowing him, not allowing himself the opportunity to face a batting order for the third time, uh, which some may say that was merciful. That was a merciful pulling uh, hook that he received, but he didn't agree. I, I don't know. The, the reason I'm asking this, and, and I joked about this with uh, with Gideon Turk online, uh, who, you know, uh, Blue Jays writer, Blue Jays f- uh, Twitter follow, fellow, uh, and also dentist, if you're into teeth, I, Gideon's your guy. I'm banging but, on that clipboard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Tanner Roark can't, if the Blue Jays make the playoffs, Tanner Roark's not going to be there. He'll be there in more offering moral support from the dugout, right? Like, that's not, you can't trust him in a playoff game. <laughs> No, uh, clearly. I mean, and, and you know that's just the way playoff rosters work, right? Like, I mean, you don't need the fifth starter. You're gonna you're gonna have, you know, all of them relievers, which the Jays are obviously. Uh, that's their. That's sort of how it's working for them this year. They're really taking advantage of the the extra relievers, and and even though they're working them all into a fine paste, uh, yeah, and and you know, obviously it was in the heat of the moment last night. Like I I was on the Zoom call when he was. Uh, or I watched it very, very shortly after, as I as I sometimes do. Uh, but but yeah, he was uh, he talked about biting his tongue, but but like really made it clear that he, you know, he, he did the he did the professional thing. He did the thing that the reporters love, where he you know went out and answered and and did, clearly didn't want to be there. Uh, and it it very much it very much upsets him to not have the opportunity to pitch. Longer into games, and he didn't like the hook at all. Uh, but but I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know how much moral support if it was if it's the Roark from last night. That guy might not be offering a ton of moral support in the dugout if he's not on the roster. Uh, but I assume that you know, after a cool down period, he would uh, he would understand. And I and I think you know Charlie Montoya has talked about it before. I don't know what he specifically said last night. I don't recall. But you know. You the classic, you know, the classic trope. But you want you want a guy to be mad when you take him out after sixty seven pitches and two hits, though both of which were home runs, which are you know the problem for Roark. The Roark's value proposition is that of an innings eater. Uh-huh. So when you're only giving him a select few innings to eat, it really starts to make you wonder, like, what is it we're doing here? But at the same time, I think that. He, you know, eating even just going four innings or however deep he went into that game, that's plenty given the way that the big, the game is played now. And you're, you're absolutely right about grinding the, grinding the, uh, the relievers into a fine paste. The Blue Jays relievers have already logged nearly 200 innings this year. I saw when I, when I, I checked, uh, something, uh, related earlier today like there i made a joke about everyday aj cole but but like uh, actually it was every whatever it was i made a joke with everyday aj cole i've now butchered my own joke that wasn't even funny in the first place (laughs) 
but like they're all everyday guys. Yeah. There, there's no one that that gets a moment's rest. I, I was joking about AJ Cole, then I looked and I realized that it was I could have made the same joke about Anthony Bass, who's who's in there all the time. Uh, you know, they don't seem to other than uh, uh, Shunya Maguchi, they don't seem to have anybody that they are looking to go to for multiple innings often at all. Uh, yeah, they I mean, really they really let Kay and and I mean Hatch a little bit, but yeah, they you know those are like guys they trust in high leverage spots. So and there's Lord knows there's enough of those to go around for everybody. Yeah, I, I think the the biggest thing, and again, you, it's it's you're not going to tell him not tell him that, but you know, Tanner Rocks but not been great. You know that 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 you got out of that game that you got him out of there. Sure, he was pitching well. But that was the exception to the rule this season, uh, as his like his numbers are not good. He's got a what he's allow, allows like almost a one point seven five like uh, runners per inning. Like his whip is, is insane. Yeah, he's nine, not like nineteen nineteen walks and thirty five and a third innings. Uh, nineteen walks and thirty five and a third innings. And oh by the way, this is the guy for whom home runs are a problem. Yeah. So like he's given up ten home runs in eight starts. That's quite a few. Especially because he's not pitching super deep into games, he's allowed uh, his OPS allowed is nine eighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the game is still <laughs> every batter is, is Anthony Rendon. <laughs> yeah, like so, the game is the game was still on the line at the time, and mm. you know, and Roark obviously, you know, I pardon me, uh, <laughs> he's I, I he he is he's. Good communicator. He, like I say, he stood up, he stood up and he he answered the questions, even though he was searching for answers himself about, you know, why that happened and what's going on. And and there wasn't a ton about like, <laughs> like he clearly wasn't in the mood for being like, yeah, but you kind of you kind of sucked though, right? Like, what, <laughs> like like care to address that <laughs> part mm-hmm. of the equation? But he's like, you know, I'm like a diesel engine. I got to warm, and it's like, no, not really. Though I will, I to his credit, I will say, and I think I wrote this somewhere uh, over the you know over the day since that's happened, is that. His his numbers second time through the order, both this year and last, have been better than his numbers first time through the order. Uh, but like everybody else, once you go to the third time, it's it, it does not it's not good. It's it's obviously worse. It's like that's that's the way they're going to do it. And it's you know he was talking about you know if this was 162 games, you know you need us to go seven innings whether we give up seven runs or not. Like you can't you know it's like but yeah but there's at 162 games there's not one there wasn't the short ramp up i mean we're kind of getting beyond that but we still have to you have to think about like i've said it before but like the blue jays played two exhibition games not including the inter-squad ones and the normal spring training is 30 games Mm -hmm. like it's it's yeah they did that thing that they did in in february and march but like i don't know i think that it's completely fair to have been to consider that not a part of the season and just consider it just woefully inadequate the ramp up that they had uh and, and then also it's just it's not 162 games it's like it's it's you got to win every game and you also have 28 man rosters the jays have like 15 relievers right now or something you know it's not, not that many but they have a ton of relievers right now and even though they're getting overworked and it's you know it's it has been a, a delicate balance to keep all of that working i think that the, the charlie montoya and pete walker have done a good job and of course you know the faceless algorithm that uh that is guiding them all along <laughs> the whole time uh but but you know uh it doesn't it doesn't hurt also uh and i think this you know teams 
probably won't say it. I know Ross Atkins actually, I wrote a little bit about what he spoke about on the fan uh, on Wednesday morning. I uh, was asked about his favorite rule changes and he did mention, you know, the extra inning stuff. And it's like, you know, it's, it's gimmicky and whatever. I kind of don't mind it because I abhor fucking 12 hour games, but, uh, but, but also it really does allow them to manage the bullpen a little bit, uh, a little bit better. Cause you don't, you're just not thrown these games where it's like, Oh, by the way, uh, you know, Rafael Dolis had to pick seven innings because we ran out of guys, right? Like they can, they can be a little bit more fine about how they're doling out innings because you don't expect there's going to be too many extra ones, and you have extra roster spots. So there's just all these ways that they can use these arms and this bullpen that they have right now. Like everybody's going really well. Like they're all weapons, and they're all potentially. Well, half of them are like not available every night, so whichever ones you have are still, you know, are still looking pretty good at this point as as options. So, you know, you can you can use five pitchers in a game and and that's a better way for them to get through it right now than uh than letting fucking Tanner Rourke go out there and pitch into the seventh inning. So a lot of people don't like it. It's weird, it's non-traditional. I think it will I think we're seeing an extreme version of it. You know, when it goes back to 26-man rosters next year and the, the you know, the game just looks a little more like it is supposed to, which I we all assume and hope that it will. Uh, you know, I think that maybe we'll see. I mean, if Tanner Rourke is still around, he'll be still be getting paid by the Blue Jays. But if he's still here, uh, they'll probably get a little more length out of him. But for now. Will they? Yeah. Will they? <laughs> he's had one I don't know. Good, I don't know. He's had yeah. one good start this year. Yeah. One. It was the first one. He pitched against his former team, and it, he was great. Nevertheless, the roster spot thing is 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 interesting considering there has been quite a little bit of roster uh, maneuvering over the last few days, and still, still, of course, more to come as this seems like an ongoing thing. One, almost like the one in, one out. Like the Blue Jays are running like a like a Swedish uh, mysticism sort of thing, where uh, Rowdy Tellez out. Looks like out for the season, but it looks like Boba Shet's coming back. So the rowdy thing seemed like it came around. The, the timing of it was odd. You know, that was when Brandon Drury had just been outrighted and, uh, and Sam Gavilio had been, had been released. And now we've got Ra- rowdy out. Uh, not long after Dan Vogelback was gone, uh, there was some talk about Justin Smoke, who had just been released by the Brewers, uh, and ended up just being kind of nothing. But, you know, it's it, number one, it's a shame to lose Teles because he's been quite very good uh, yeah. in 2020. R- ridiculously so. Yeah. No, like, I, mean, I like, it's so weird. I mean, we all know the small sample caveats apply, but it's like, it's been so easy to ignore them, right? I mean, if just because uh, it's all really meaningful. It's it's It feels weird to be like, yeah, this season he's been really good. And it's like, this season would be, you know, at some point in May. Mm-hmm. So we would never we would never say that, and as and like for for Rowdy, the good portion of the season is an even smaller slice. But it really did look like, and I, you know, stuff like the strikeout rate was way down, and and he like the the changes that he'd made seemed to be really positive. And there hasn't been really time for the league to adjust back to him, and maybe find other ways to fool him now that he's made adjustments. Uh, but it was really encouraging because he's always been a guy who can. You know, hit the ball really fucking hard whenever he you know puts you know puts the bat on the ball. It's just been a swing and miss has been a really pro- real big problem for him at the big league level. And yeah, that that's looked that that's looked really really promising. Uh, I think Dante Bichette was calling him like he could be our big poppy, and it's like whoa, I you know okay, all right, all right. I don't just know throw that, that one around all willy nilly, no big deal. <laughs> like, but but you know, for a week there, 
<laughs> he looked like, he looked like <laughs> it's just you know that's completely meaningless. But it sucks. It, it sucks too that it's you know that you know not just to lose him, but that you know we we may have to do an he's playing this year thing for him. But I'm not sure. It just looks so innocuous too. I can't believe the the reports like Rob Longley of the Sun, who's there. Uh, who's been in Buffalo uh, and followed the team in the States. Like he's gone to do work in the state. You know, he's there and he said it's uh, for the season. I don't think the team has officially uh, given word on that yet. Uh, if they have, I missed it uh, because of the off day, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it really sucks. And it looked innocuous and he kind of looked like, Oh, he might come out of the game. It doesn't even look like it's that bad. And then you see him the next night, there's a, you know, footage of him hobbling around on crutches and looking like, uh, like big crutches and like a long yeah. sleevey thing on his knee, like yeah, no, nothing not good, nothing no. good. So yeah, that that's a shame because he has is having a great season. He is left-handed, which as a you know, I think that's nice. That's a nice to have the left-handed power guy who can hit the middle of the the lineup. Uh, and and like you said, it's he he's an easy guy to root for, and he's an easy guy to talk yourself into because you see him just hit the ball so far. And so hard, like he's just—he's got so much power, and it comes off so easy. It reminds me a little bit of like Chris Davis, where it's just like a joke, like it's just like a flick of the wrist, and the ball's gone, like miles and miles. So, a shame. But Bobichet is coming back, and that is uh, such a big boost because a defensively they they don't you know Santiago Espinal is, is is nice as a shortstop, but he can't hit at all. And then the alternative is playing someone who's not a shortstop in the position. So uh, it's almost as though having like a, a shortstop who can field and, and hit is an incredible luxury in the Blue Jays uh, for the time being. And uh, anyway, are lucky to be in that position. So I, I just, you can't really say enough about the impact that healthy and good Bo makes to any team. And this one in particular. Yeah. It's, and you, like you said, the Swedish mysticism, you know, one out, one in it's, it, it's been unfortunate, uh, to see it go that way, and uh, but yeah, it's going to be awesome. I mean, all the stuff that's been happening has been without Bichette. You know, all the just the way that the the season again, quote unquote, uh, the the narrative has turned around, and the fortunes have turned around, and the performance has turned around. Uh, you know, obviously, it, it, the the fact that they were sort of struggling out of the gate had absolutely nothing to do with Bichette, who looks fucking fantastic, and uh, and you just you you can't help but think that. He's going to pick up where he left off, and and that's just at least going to give the the, the lineup, especially without Teoscar, without Rowdy, uh, it's going to give them enough of a threat to maintain that ninety one percent chance of making the playoffs for the next few weeks, and then who the hell knows what goes on from there. Every day that that percentage is only going to grow because there's such a small percentage of the season left, really, when so you get true. down to it, and the the teams behind them are not really gaining any ground. It's called a legum. Legum is the name of like the Swedish, not Swedish mysticism is a bit of a joke. It's more of like a, more of a Swedish uh, pragmatic outlook. Not unlike, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Danish, the Huga, how Danes love to be cozy and they're all like drinking heavy beer and eating cheese and just kind of chilling out and they have like this real chill vibe and it's, Huga is like a real thing. You want to make your house Huga. So Legum is like the Swedish equivalent, which is to say that it's much colder and less fun, but also very much like never too little. Never too much. That's the Swedish. That's where that came from. I, I didn't. I didn't just make it up. Swedish mysticism, although okay. although it's Good. not mystical. It's the opposite. It's Swedish. It's like rooted in pragmatism, rooted in uh, equality, and all of those Swedish things that everyone represents them for. So that's all. I like it. I like it. 
the the Huga thing is all right. The Danes, they know how to get down, right? They don't give a shit. It's like, oh, let's hop on a bike, go for a ride. We're, we're not Dutch, but we do what we do. What we do. If you're not Dutch, you aren't much, is what I was once told. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, probably a Dutch person would have said that. <laughs> nobody, nobody else. Nobody, nobody else, else. Would say that. Uh, but yeah, no, getting uh, Bichette back, huge. Uh, losing Teoscar Hernandez, I didn't even write that down on my list because I don't want to acknowledge it as being actually uh, true and, and and a reflection of what's going on. Yeah, uh, that's been a that's been a weird one because it's been like for days. It's like oh, he got an MRI, but he was like Charlie was like oh, he's too swollen. So you know sometimes they miss things. Which Kaya, you're like oh, okay, so they didn't really see anything, but they want to see more. You know maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the second one won't be as bad, but also oh, his like rib cage has been too swollen for an MRI for several days now. Uh, or he's had it and they haven't told us, which you know doesn't necessarily make. But I guess I guess if they haven't put him on the IL yet, that's good. But I would not be surprised if a retroactive move was coming. But they're they're starting to, you know, who's even down there at this point to uh, to pull up? They're not going to bring up the kids. They brought up they they did add Orelvis Martinez to the sixty uh, player pool in Rochester, uh, which is a hundred percent not having anything to do with uh, with bringing him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I don't I. You know the Alejandro Kirk question is an interesting one. Uh, they brought up Billy McKinley, Billy McKinney, yeah. which is um, the least attractive option of all of like the sexy prospect options. Like, oh, Alejandro Kirk or this or that. Uh, Billy McKinney does not quicken the pulse. Let us oh, say, not really. He, some of his AAA numbers last year have been okay. You know, there could still be something productive in there. Jonathan Davis is much more interesting, I think. Who's a guy who. Hit a bit, like surprisingly hit, because he's got he's one of those guys where it's like, oh, it seems like he's got a lot of great tools if he could just hit. And then maybe he did a little bit and has been talking about – I think that the, the word was earlier in the season when he was in Rochester was like that's a guy – like look for them to maybe bring him up at some point because they, they really like what he's been doing this year. I like what he offers, really and truly. Again, he he is a bit of a contrast to the rest of the roster uh, who are slow. And obviously the Blue, Jays, <laughs> the Blue Jays base running has been a huge thing. We've talked about it a lot. I've written about it a lot, which is odd because I read about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But like the Blue Jays base running is one of their weakest aspects of their game. And Jonathan Davis is fast. He's a fast runner. And, uh, you know, so is Teoscar Hernandez, but he does everything in a very Teoscar Hernandez style, which is to say, uh, with panache, but often poorly. Uh, but Jonathan Davis, you know, he can play a lot of defense. He's good at, at any of the spots out there. Uh, I made a comment about having a good uh, defensive outfielder, which I think in hindsight, uh, sells Randall Gritchick short because Randall Gritchick is a very effective outfielder. I, I made this comment, I think last year, uh, just because he's just really, he's a really good, like heady, player uh 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 Grichik. he like he's a very i always find he puts up good positions he's got a strong and accurate arm he's a good outfielder i i shouldn't sell him short but davis seems like uh more inclined to the spectacular we've seen him make some great great diving catches and stuff and again uh, speed is much more of a weapon for him but again if he can hit that's all that's great i wish that he could hit left like billy mckinney right that's a, you can't i mean maybe i'm maybe i'm stuck maybe i'm like backwards in my thinking about getting all hung up on having more balance between right and left but <laughs> but uh it just seems like a thing that you would want to have every so often other than uh, joe panic who's even come around a little bit i i can't uh smirch good. the good name of <laughs> joe panic I feel you could be smirched Jonathan VR, but there's another he's a switch hitter, so he could hit from the left side. Travis Shaw probably could also be smirch him. Uh, yeah, the lefty options are not as good for the Jays with Rowdy out, obviously. But uh, yeah, and then Billy McKinney. Yeah, no. I, if Jonathan Davis wanted to hit from the the left side, I think nobody would want to stop him. Just like 
you know, snap your fingers and, <laughs> and, and make it happen. Just sort of, uh, you know, figure out how it is that you're going to do that and then uh, do it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Again, there's, there's so many moving parts. The Blue Jays aren't unique in in being a team that's having to struggle to figure out how to make it work. Uh, how to the 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 never ending roster adjustments, the never ending uh, 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 dealing with injuries because it's, there are just so many guys getting injured uh, because the season is crazy and they we I guess because the Blue Jays are in a playoff position, we haven't really been saying like this, this is a season that shouldn't be happening, but. Uh, we're true. <laughs> we did. We did sort of drop that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we did. We yeah. did. And uh, <laughs> the, with all of the all of the everything going on, uh, shout out by the way to the good people at Defector. All the former, uh, the good yeah. former Deadspin folks are back on it again. And uh, I read something really good about that about like how basically sports are not not bigger than you know the game isn't bigger than life. The game isn't bigger than reality. And there's been some some really cool stuff over there. So if you are inclined to check out the, that defector, Ray Ratto wrote something really cool, unsurprisingly, and they got Daniel Radcliffe to read mean tweets, which is just so hilarious that he just happily signs up. Like, yeah, sure, I'll. I mean, I was literally Harry <laughs> Potter, but I'll come and read tweets with uh, that uh, that someone stupid. I I I I struggle to understand if he even like gets a lot of like the American sport nuance stuff. He's just kind of like, mm, this is fun for me. Thanks, guys. Happy to do it. Bless Either you. Either way, it works. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Oh, we, we, talk about, we talk about speed. We talk about Vladimir Guerrero's <laughs> stealing second base <laughs> against the Yankees. It was a good week to troll the Yankees. We had uh, oh, Bradford <laughs> Bradford on uh, troll, and he's not here to help us troll the Yankees. But absolutely, the Yankees Twitter. I, it's not Yankees Twitter. Like I, I follow quite a few Yankees fans, and they're good generally good people but there is just a series of insane meltdowns Lindsay adler your colleague uh well and mine uh her mentions are an absolute like shit pit every minute of every day (laughs) of just miserable whining finger pointing blame casting yankees fans and oh it sustains me oh it gives me super strength i could lift my whole house up over my head and throw it like the hulk oh god i just love i love every second of it it's somehow better than the Red Sox just being a total disaster. Like they're they're just so irrelevant. It's much more enjoyable. Even though the Yankees are, you know, when all is said and done, I would not bet against them having a much better season than the Blue Jays. It could still very easily finish ahead of them. Could certainly go farther in the playoffs than them. Absolutely. Uh, that but, is, but the, <laughs> not without without one or the other. Like they could finish behind the Blue Jays and still make the World Series. <laughs> oh, my and God, no, yeah. no one ever would be like, well, yeah, they're really good. Look, they they are stacked. They have a stacked lineup of giants who hit home runs, and they won 103 games last year like it was nothing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so it's great. I do enjoy like the just the collective freakout though. Very very delightful. Also, the team is freaking out a bit, right? Like. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, was it was it Luke Voigt who was talking about uh, who said you know they should be embarrassed and and uh, the, uh, I bring this up because Mark Shapiro of all people, uh, or well not of all people he's the Blue Jays president I guess but they, he was on I think he was on with Tim and Sid on uh, here on Thursday they're asking him about you know the the Yankees complaining about the lights I think Tim was like uh, you know you put a lot of money into the into like fixing up the ballpark like does that bother you like you guys did so much work and then the yankees are like oh the light the lighting so he's like no like i love it like i want them to complain like it's great we like they should be complaining and we should use it as an advantage and it's just he he was just all on board on just making he talked about candlestick park uh i think he's he said he's good friends with robbie thompson used to play for the giants years ago and was like 
teams would come in and it was the most miserable place to play at candlestick and that they would uh just just already be halfway out the door before they got there and the giants used it to an advantage and they're sort of trying i think or at least hoping to create a similar spirit uh among the blue jays this year with <laughs> which you know the the subtext of Wally was saying is, it's like, yeah, we're in fucking Buffalo. It fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we all knew that. Uh, though Buffalo, wonderful. We've all, we've discussed that on here before. But, yeah, no, I, I thought that was great. Shapiro uh, <laughs> appreciating that the Yankees are complaining. Uh, because, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Complaining about, oh, oh they, they must have known what was coming. Like, get over yourselves. Because some guy's driving by in the fucking interstate with a sign like fastball. <laughs> <Flashing, yeah. laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, and, and you do. You do really, truly love to see it. Uh, I want to give another shout out. Uh, two other shouts out. Uh, stuff that you can read here on The Athletic if you are a subscriber, which I think you should be. Uh, and if you subscribe to this podcast, I think you should do that too. You should go to uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or Overcast or Stitcher, wherever you subscribe to your podcast. And you can do it. Athletic subscription or otherwise. Subscribe to Birds All Day. Hit us with a like. Hit us with a rating. Do all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. Uh, you could also subscribe to The Athletic. And I believe there's a, prof- there's a, there's a uh, promotion going on that I will have previously probably to this, this sentence read an ad about. So do what I told you to do before, but do it now uh, as, the, as The Athletic continues to roll out new features. So so check out a lot of that stuff. But also when you're here on yeah, the, the Athletic. The new, the new features, I must say, before – the new features are great. We're doing a real – it's you know, a real-time feature where uh, you know everybody's just checking in with uh, – it's like – it's. I, I, I probably should have some sort of prepared – thing to talk about this i'm not i'm just sort of winging it but it's sort of it's just it's like twitter without the horrible cesspool that is twitter it's just all these great writers talking you know making pithy or you know informative or interesting little chunks of content about uh, the teams they cover throughout the day and you know the way that obviously if you're a subscriber you know the athletic works is you have your feed you follow these teams and so you can check out your real-time feed and it's just you know it's it's interactive and it's people in there making a little longer longer than tweets but uh it's it's a little tweet like and it's uh quick hitting it's been, it's, quick hitting yeah snaps snackable content if i've heard that before Sna- uh, i have heard snackable content before but no it's been fun and it's it, it, i think it, i think it's really going to add value and you know you could comment uh readers can comment on it and uh, they get a lot of interaction that way and uh well the the, bo- uh, the, the it's the, good it's good for it's good for me because you know it, anything that keeps me off twitter uh, I think we can all agree is a good thing. Bringing you back to your blog roots, bringing Indeed. you back to your to your true self as a blogger. Uh, not a blogger, Rustin Dodd wrote a cool story about Jacob Degrom. I went to reference it when we were talking to Bradford earlier uh, about Jacob Degrom, who, as I alerted uh, Caitlin McGrath, uh, yes. can dunk. <laughs> so he's on the list. Uh, uh, Jacob Degrom can dunk. So good for him. Cool story. And also Lindsay Adler, who I mentioned earlier, wrote a, wrote a really uh, 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 powerful story about uh, about depression, about Dak Prescott, and about that idiot uh, Skip Bayless's comments today. Uh, it's on the front page of The Athletic right now. Uh, and if you know Lindsay, uh, you know she's a great writer, and uh, and, and it's a great story, and uh, really, um, uh, uh, you know, really uh, just powerful. A really powerful read from from someone who is um, – Who's not afraid to 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 talk about the struggles that she's gone through? So read that story from Lindsay. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the Athletic, and uh, and that's and of course read Stoughton's blogs and also his uh, his his features that he does about the Toronto Blue Jays. 
as they look ahead to a series against the New York. I, I'm gesturing now. So it's something I have our cameras on for the first time ever. So I'm yeah. all my weird ticks and all this weird, goofy, <laughs> demonstrative arm swinging. So is like now being party to it. And also Cam, our producer now knows what we look like. So, but anyway, his name is Andrew Stone. So for him, for me, my name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk to you next time on Bill's All